We got some coleslaw and brisket in this lime jello. Enjoy. My mouth is watering. Good grief. That's gross. everyone and welcome to the outpost a podcast about inspired thinking today we've got me Lacey, we got jared we got teresa we got mark teresa are we feeling inspired today i'm feeling something but we'll go with it inspired. <laughs> <laughs> okay good it's glad i'm it's glad to have everybody on the couch today i'm so excited to be back it's glad i'm glad jared's excited visit numero dos second time jared second time jared on the podcast oh, right. once twice a jared it's the nice. only thing we're missing is Tom. We love Tom. We're missing Tom. I'm yeah. a Tom replacement. Okay. You're a good Tom replacement. Sit up a little higher. You're going to, yeah, Keep there. Keep that seat warm and for a couple months. Hold on. Hold on. Tom, Tom. Deeper voice. Okay. Oh, with the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Let me drop some knowledge bombs. All right, no. Teresa, you have a couple of questions for us. Let's, I do. Let's I have go to get ahead and back start over there. Teresa mode, though, because I can't be Tom for these. Okay. All right. Okay. Question one. What is creativity to you? Do you consider yourself to be a creative? Why or why not? Uh, what is creativity? Creativity is being able to make something that didn't exist before, I think. Right? It's it's being able to take whether that is an idea, whether it's a product, whether it's a drawing, whether it's a, a, a speech. Mm -hmm. um, it's taking something that didn't exist and making it real. And so I think I'm a creative. I, I'm a creative person. I think humans are creative animals, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, I think that the other people on these couches are also probably pretty creative. I think so too. Does it does it mean that it hasn't existed before? Is the question? I don't think so. And and here's where I can kind of go a little bit deeper. Okay. There's two different versions. There's two different variations of creativity. There's convergent and divergent. Okay. Divergent is when you. What is this? It is a receptacle for spit. It is a, and you just keep going. I mean, it could okay. be that's everything's mm -hmm. a spittoon for you. Is that what this is? Okay, just that's spittoon. But that's that's divergent thinking. Come up with a thousand uses for this, okay. and you kind of go off in all these different areas. Okay. okay. Now, convergent thinking is mm -hmm. crossing out those things. Which one's going to be the best? How do we actually mm. get there? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, divergent is coming up with as many things as possible, and convergent is like coming together and coalescing on a single idea and coming up with a way to get there. And to me, creativity is how you assemble and approach those things. And you don't even necessarily have to take one of those two approaches. You could do a hybrid. Sure. Right. It's so that's, that's the interesting question mm -hmm. is, you know, do you have to create something that's never been done before to be creative? And I don't think, I don't think you do like an interior designer can go into a home and do things that she's done or he's done in 40 different homes. But, assemble it in such a way that it's unique to that space and that family but if that's it's unique creative. then it's different than it was before it's well, something oh i was just saying there's lots of areas in life where you require creativity without having to come up with something completely new i mean i feel like growing up something that really instilled my personal um like sense of creativity was you know basically every group project that ever happened ever mm. i was the one who came up with what we were going to be doing and everybody was like oh yeah that's a great idea we should definitely do that and you know in those instances where you are taking charge coming up with an idea for what like a group can work together to create that i mean that is like a level of creativity even if the thing that you guys are doing has been done before 
like you still are required to be creative in that moment. And it's new because it's you doing it. I think that's the thing that I want to fight about is is it didn't exist. It's it's it didn't exist before because now you're the one that made it. And so what you do is going to have a unique take on it no matter what. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to music like musician, you're a musician, so Mm -hmm. you're going to go with this. There was a a musician and it's a bummer. I can't remember his name, but he was talking about how when he plays a piece, the music is the same music that Mozart created way back in the day. Everyone's played it before. People don't come to listen to him play the notes. They come to listen to him with the pauses because he Mm. pauses differently than any of the other people. So the way he plays it is different. So he doesn't say that he's there for that. They're listening to him play. They're listening to him pause. Does that mean creativity can also be what you don't do? Absolutely. Yeah. It's your take. It's your version. It's your interpretation Mm -hmm. of a thing. And sometimes it is a new, a newer thing, you know, a sketch, you know, or something completely made up, but it is, it happens in the mind first and then it happens hopefully in reality. I like to create snacks of different types. I made Dirty Mac the other day. Wait, what? Dirty Mac. What is it? It's like mac and cheese, but with added ingredients. It's not what you're thinking. Right? So like... Wait, how do you know what... Okay, wait, hold on. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> I know, no. Okay, wait. But so just added ingredients, like chunks of fried spam. Uh, here's how I made it. That's how personally. I know. I made pulled pork in the slow cooker with barbecue sauce. And then I made homemade mac and cheese. And I put Mm. some of the pulled pork on the mac and cheese. And then Mm. I put tomatoes and green onions from a garden, a community garden that I poached from. Am I allowed to take from it? I don't know. The rules weren't posted. But I came home with tomatoes and green onions. And I put them on top of the dirty mac. Lacey has declared herself a member of this community. Thieves goulash. (laughs) Thieves goulash is what she made. I drove 30 miles to this community, but I am now a part of it. And yeah, that kid was crying when I took his tomatoes. But I don't care. (laughs) They were great on my Dirty Mac, and I created that. People have made Dirty Mac. I've eaten Dirty Mac before with those exact ingredients, but it was new because I made it. Clean Mac is when you actually own the things that you're making. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Uh, Do you think that creativity is part of human nature, or is it something that is to be nurtured or learned? I, I said something about this earlier. My opinion is that it is not necessarily unique to humans. I'm sure that some platypus out there has had some really innovative idea, but our ability to actually like bring those creative ideas forward is is unique to humanity, at least in our uh, our presentation so far. Now wait, is the question, are humans the only unique, or I mean the only uh, creatives, or no. is it just human nature to create? Well, I do think that it is that it is human nature. Because I've seen a lot of beaver dams that that look very creative in nature. Um, but I agree. I think human nature is to create. What is, is some of the things, the quotes that we've gotten from people in the past before is basically all you need is space and time mm-hmm. and story will emerge. Yeah. But, you know, pushing back on, on humans, you know, being isolated with that. I know crows. So there was a study done about um, researchers leaving a device and a like a like a device that that crows could use to access a treat and there were two crows and two different devices only one of them would work mm-hmm. and so the crow figured out which one would work and then taught the other crow how to manipulate his device so that they both could do it and the researchers thought the crows were going to fight 
And they just went, nah, we're going to work together. Oh, wow. So Hell yeah. So you I was actually just setting Teresa up earlier. I knew that animals were super creative. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you knew about my, my crazy love of crow. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, and you, you studied crows going for treats <laughs> from a scientific perspective. I knew Lacey was going to eventually need this data because it was treats it and snacks. It does involve snacks, yes. And for so sure. I went, you know who needs this? Lacey. I and so I'm going to read this peer-reviewed study. I so appreciate that. My, my opinion on the, on the question is I think it is innately human to be creative, but I also think that you do nurture it. I do mm-hmm. think it's a, a muscle that you, can, that you can use and strengthen over time, um, but you can access something just by being human in the way that we're wired. Don't you think creativity, too, is almost like a sense of play? Um, the only times that I feel like I've witnessed people in life who are not very creative is when they're in more of a state of depression. Um, some of Brene Brown's books talks about the the opposite of depression is play. Mm. Um, and, and I think creativity and play are almost synonymous. It's, it's this same thing where you have multiple elements and you figure out how they interact together and you impose their interaction together. And really the only times in my life and in people who I love uh, lives where they have not been creative is when they've been in these kind of states of depression. Wow. That's deep. And I, I think like, I know with, with kids, they won't tell you, gosh, I had a really rough day. Can we chat? They'll say, can you play with me? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. I think that's one manifestation of it. I think when you're a creative professional, you have to learn to work and be creative as well, which doesn't always feel like play mm-hmm. when there's a deadline and it's in six hours and yep. you have to make something brilliant. So that's where the kind of the fine tuning of that muscle, mm-hmm. I think, in the in the systems and processes that you're thinking through when you're trying to be creative and you have to be creative uh, on cue. And that does take experience. It takes time. Yeah. It takes it takes repetition and and stuff like that. But I do think there is an aspect of play that you can train your mind and almost force it like a chore to have fun which is kind of an interesting concept in and of itself. I don't even think play necessarily has to be fun. I think play is just this harmony of multiple ingredients interacting with each other. You know, when I was... I think play is fun. <laughs> I, I have fun when I play. And I and some of the, the most fun that I have in my entire life are those moments where I have a flash of creativity and I can see something that hasn't been like brought into the world before and that I could... I could share this and I've got this cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are like, that's so exciting. It's the spice, the spice of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I could put that spice on my dirty Mac. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so when you talk about play not being fun, I think that's really kind of an interesting thought because there will be times where I'll see a complex problem and my brain says, I just want to sit inside of it and just sit there and kind of go, okay, how would I get all of these things to work together? And there is a level of creativity that has to happen to get all of those to come together. Well, I mean, let's bring it around to board games for a minute. I mean, do, no you, way. do, you, have, <laughs> do you have fun every second that you're playing a board game? No, probably not, because you're trying to come up with your strategy. You're, you're you know, developing what your long-term plan is going to be. It's only fun when it works out, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that doesn't mean that you're not playing the entire time that mm-hmm. you're creating your strategy and, and bringing different elements together and you know when it comes to like creating 
board games and you're you're working in the design process there there is the the balance of the fun of having a new idea versus the reality of trying to put that idea on like a literal card and have somebody look at it and intuitively understand how it works while also like not using too many words but enough words that it is <laughs> flavorful and exciting um, yeah, that design creativity process. versus production. You know, like yeah. you still have to produce the thing. Right, like you have the idea, and in that one, in that one moment, you have this spark of of infinite possibility, and you go, "Oh, this would be so freaking cool!" That's and then so you, fun. And then you start implementing it, and you have to trudge through. Right, and I feel like the the muscle of creativity that you grow and stretch over time like, speeds up the allocation process once you've had the idea and you're you know, lining it up with mm -hmm. everything that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Doing, doing reps with that creative muscle is not always fun. Sometimes creativity is failing again and again until you find something that succeeds. And that is the creative process. It's that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That wasn't even close, you know, and then you get something that's fairly close and you try and you, and you know, that is part of the creative process. And so there's some mental training that has to happen too. So the original question was, was is creativity innate human nature or does it have to be learned um, or what was it? nurtured? Yeah. And so I think, I think that it, we all can agree that it is kind of innate human nature to be creative. However, if you want that creativity to become anything maybe more real in the world, it does take practice, consistent practice, consistent effort, you know, building the, the biceps of your creativity. Yeah. Well, are you taken by the flash of creativity or are you able to summon the creativity? Mm -hmm. And the difference between those two things, I think, is the practice mm -hmm. that everybody just as humans, because it is innate within us to have ideas and create things, maybe just being alive means that you have these inspirations, but that then the creativity to turn that idea into something actionable is like a whole nother level of creativity. Mm hmm. The amount of people that I meet that tell me that they're not creative is mind boggling. And so I, I can't I can't express it because I believe everybody is creative. But what they're what they're doing really is they're comparing themselves to whatever you're experienced in creatively. And they're like, well, I'm not at that level, so I don't feel creative. But the truth is, everybody's creative um, in by nature. And they just haven't executed as much as they probably could have. That's why at Subway they call them sandwich artists. <laughs> it's always back to the snacks, isn't it? Yeah. So what you're here to go back to what you just said, Mark, are you are you saying that they're you would say everyone is creative, but only some are creative professionals. Just like anybody can make music by banging a pot lid or whatever, but there are only some people who are professional musicians. It's just experience. It's just the amount of experience that you apply to whatever trade, craft, hobby it might be. You can be very creative in the kitchen. You can be, be very creative in the garden. You can be very creative in your career. Um, you can be creative with how you parent. There are so many things that you can be creative about. So saying that you're not creative, all that means is you're, you're not maybe as self-aware <laughs> as, as you could be. Uh, ouch. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that it's a, a lot of people feel bad about their, their lack of creativity. I, I mean, I've, I personally have talked to people, you know, in my family who are just now at age, you know, late in life. Hey, figuring your sister's sitting that, right next to you. That they have <laughs> the capacity to make anything. I mean, really, like, all your kids are almost out of your house and you're thinking, now I can finally start writing a book. And it's like, you could have started at literally any point. And I'm so glad that you are starting now because you absolutely can do it. And I know that you can finish it. But 
you could have started at any moment and nothing was holding you back but your own belief and your own creativity. Also time. And That's a huge factor, particularly when there's a house full of kids. Well, yeah. Well, Which we'll talk about in the I know, I was going to say, that brings us to... <laughs> creating that family was, a, was a, an act of creativity, too. And the way that you interact with each of your children is a creative act. And so I think it's just a perspective thing for me. All right, let's go ahead and move into our main topic because that's a really good segue. Main right. topic. Oh, wait, we weren't doing transition <laughs> voices. You were ready. So today's main topic is all about the importance of environment on creativity. Okay, so we've been talking about um, whether people are or aren't creative, what creativity is today, but now I want to really talk about the environment that we have and its impact on creativity. So... Where I'd like to start is thinking about what your ideal uh, environment would be in order to be creative. Okay, this doesn't mean that it has to be what exists in your real life because it probably won't be. Um, but what would your ideal setup be for your own creativity? Uh, Jared, can I start with you? Sure. My ideal setup for creativity would be a soundproof room where people can only address me by sliding letters under the door. Ooh, I like it. And there is a minstrel slash bard in the corner that will play medieval renaissance uh, etudes and fugues for me. And yeah, that's that's like prime creativity for me. I feel like I could really make some cool stuff. How's the air circulation in the room? Uh, you know, there's, there's also somebody with a big leaf oh, to make sure there's some circulation wow. as well. That's great. Yeah. Jared, for your menstrual, I will find you a copy somewhere. I have of a medieval recreation of uh, a group doing toxicity. Whoa. Okay. It is incredible. All right. I love medieval recreations. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. For you, Teresa, what's an ideal environment for your creativity? I would want a cabin in the woods windows mm -hmm. open breeze blowing through you hear the stream outside uh, i might have a small music player near me to kind of keep a single song on repeat because that's how my brain works um, i would want zero distractions very clean open space and a whiteboard hmm. and a whiteboard and a whiteboard that's cool wow just installed a whiteboard back what? at the lingle home yesterday <laughs> ideas will flow Hmm. What uh, what colored pens do you need? Just like one Expo marker, you got multiple colors. I you would gotta need use? to have gobs of color because mm -hmm. sometimes I need to be able to link different things to certain things, show the relationship, show the lack of change. You know, the different mm -hmm. changes. I'd need color coding is yeah. definitely necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about you, Mark? What's an ideal creative environment for you? Ideal creative environment for me would be probably out on some type of an outdoor porch or deck overlooking nature of some kind, maybe a river or something. Um, it's very specific, but quiet morning, you know, like in the summertime, it'd be like five 30 or 6 AM. I know, um, Justin calls me the grand master of getting up. So <laughs> this I like, is true. I like it hundred percent. This is true. When the, when the world is sleeping, I feel very creative and inspired. And so something like that. And I would just need a sketchbook and maybe some headphones in with some instrumental music or something like that. So I can ride the waves of my imagination. As, as you I like say. to say. Yeah. 
That's probably it. What I do in my real life, though, is a little bit different. I'm not ready for that yet. Let me talk about my dream. Shut (laughs) down. I just got Uh, shut down. um, I feel like I actually have the most different idea of what my my ideal creative environment is. Crowding shopping mall. Um, kind of, I mean, I, I would like to be in a place with more people. The, the excess background noise is kind of nice for me. If it's too quiet, my, my brain talks too much. Mm. So if there's lots of people around, I feel like it kind of keeps my internal chatter in check a little bit more. And also I would want to have somebody next to me who, um, uh, adores me so that as I get through step one of my I can show them and they can be like yes good job here's like, a handful of gummy bears right, here's yes, a snack a quick validation I honestly I cannot do work with mm, that's not true I do much better um, working with an accountability partner of some sort if I'm left to my own devices I won't do anything if there's somebody who who can say do you need me to check in on you on that make sure it gets done I'm like yes please if I've got someone who's expecting to hear about my progress and can give me some validation that I've done well I'm much more likely to actually be creative and get that done and yes of course there should always be a pairing of of something that I'm consuming I will almost (laughs) always consume something while I'm creating I don't know I don't know why but pairing a snack to a, a creative endeavor is important to me. So extroversion yes. and affirmation yes. are two very strong components of your creative environment. Yes. Right? Because you're extroverted and you like the words of affirmation and mm-hmm. you like the... Okay. That makes sense. I'm just extroverted too much to the point of not being able to be creative if there are other people in the room. Mm. I just like want to talk to them and, you know, be social. Yes. You're mm. the Labrador puppy oh my goodness. of creativity. True words have never been said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mark, now let's hear what it's actually like for you. So so if that was your ideal environment, tell me what your actual creative environment looks like right now. Well, one of the things I've learned about myself is that it's not always the same. And so uh, depending on the task, I will go into different environments. Okay. Um, when, I'm, when I'm engineering something like a game or some of the things that we're working on, I like to have the sketchbook. I like to have the headphones in. But I like to go to a coffee shop and then drown out everybody that's in there. But I like to be able to be visually stimulated by what I'm seeing, but not engage. Mm. Right. So it's like I'm observing from mm. a safe distance. But what's shields happening. up. Yeah. Shields up big time. <laughs> bubble. Unapproachable. A lot of people say, you know, you're really focused because I, I kind of get this knit in my, my brow right here when I'm We've never concentrating. Noticed. <laughs> 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 but. I like being in a setting where there's other people because it feels lively. It feels alive. And I can I can there's little pieces that I pick up that kind of inspire me about what I'm seeing. And so that's that's how I do that. But there are other times when I'm working at home by myself and um, I don't want that visual. attention. I kind of I don't need to go into a quiet room that's like padded walls and all of that. But I like I like the, the quiet and the silence to really be able to focus strongly and not be distracted because distractions, I think feel, they feel like they slow me down a little bit. Um, but when I'm working for a client, you know, maybe in the branding world, sometimes I need to go out and almost from a research perspective, Mm -hmm. put myself in a position where I can understand what it's like to be that customer or to be that client in their space Maybe it's maybe it's outdoors in the woods or, or maybe it's in a very busy uh, industrial warehouse or wherever it is. I need to envision and feel 
a little bit what that's like so that my brain can start con making connections. And that to me, I feel like is a creative environment where I'm trying to, to do something on behalf of someone else. And so I'm kind of a conduit. And so I, I jump around a little bit and then I'm trying to be creative with my daughters. It's something different. And so I, I kind of have a few things that I've tried. And I think to be really creative, um, and maybe this is leading to something else that you're going to get at, but I feel like you should always have a certain amount of space dedicated to trying something new and going into a new environment, even if it's not something that you're used to and it's not tried and true, to be like, well, I'm going to try to go be creative in this other space and, and see what that gives you because sometimes you won't accomplish what you were hoping for, but you will accomplish something that you didn't expect to. And so that's been an interesting thing that I've learned. So what about you, Teresa? You know, we, we had the idea of what your ideal environment looked like, but mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your actual creative environment like? My actual creative environment is a very small room that we call the office in my house, which is not very big at all. Um, small desk, a door that shuts with a cat that screams if the door is shut. So <laughs> the door is never shut. <laughs> and... Um, then there is a small bit of couch that is more of like a, a little lounge thing. So I'll, I typically, I'm supposed to sit at the desk, right? But laptop in my lap, sitting on the couch, just kind of pounding out stuff. Um, you looked like the cat there pounding out. Things. Yeah. You know, because obviously I work like a cat. <laughs> Do you scream when the door's shut? <laughs> I scream just in general. <laughs> um, no, but you know, something that Mark said that is very similar is there was, at one point I was writing a story and there was a character I couldn't quite figure out. There was just aspects of their background I couldn't figure out. And I was sitting in the lobby of the Ace Hotel in downtown Portland uh, just because I felt like that was going to be a good place to people watch and do additional research. And as I'm trying to figure out some nuance and aspects about this character, just a person walks in and I start like, that's him that's the character and like figuring out everything. And he like turns back and looks at me and I look back down real quick at my book and <laughs> look back up. Okay. 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 This is how he walks. And you've stolen his soul is what's happened. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Siphoned. I like siphoned. Siphoned. Yeah, siphoned. Just what he didn't realize is <laughs> <laughs> energy. Suck. She's got a box of straws next to her. <laughs> She's like, there's another one. <laughs> Siphoned. <laughs> Sorry, Soul no, that's siphoned. terrifying. <laughs> Soul siphoning. <laughs> then quickly dispensed into a voodoo doll. <laughs> okay, Jared, what about you? How do how does um do you have any real life bards that come into your creative <sighs> environment or No, I do not. Well, I mean, you know, we've got the internet, so we've got infinite access to all music from every era, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Justin and I a few days ago were talking about how insane it is that we have like reference of the musical genres that are in the decades surrounding our existence and that if you were born in like 1700 the music of 18 or the music of 1680 would not have been you wouldn't have been privy to it very interesting mm. but my personal creative space is a little similar to what I have described because I have indeed put some pads on the walls. Um, I know. I like how you said it was soundproofing and Mark's like, your padded room. Yeah, I literally have <laughs> sound foam up on the walls <laughs> to, to help out. Um, but yeah, it used to be my bedroom is now kind of like a little mini home studio. Um, and the the soundproofing is pretty good, but you know I've got some nice over-the-ear headphones. Love listening to, to cinematic orchestral instrumental stuff um anything without words because words is just like i said before way too distracting won't be able to think about the internal monologues going on um 
but the the actual like time of my creativity also is super specific because you know I have uh, a newborn at home and it's or I guess not newborn he's four and a half months now but it is um my creativity is between the hours of 10 and 1 a.m or I you know I will get up with Mark at you know five or six and we'll work until Lindy and the kids wake up or Lindy and the kid Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lindy and the kid wakes up at 8.30. <laughs> Did you hear the crazy in that laugh? <laughs> One day, but I'm just so scared about it. Oh, my goodness. Jeez, Louise. Um, but, yeah, basically, oh, so so there's that. That's that's my primary space for creativity. But, you know, as, as you could tell, there were only a couple of hours that I just listed and several more hours every given day of work that needs to be done. And so, m- you know, my creative space is also every spare second where someone is not talking to me. And, you know, I'm walking through the house or I'm in the car and there's like a moment of silence and I will just take that and go, okay, so what is going on with this group of people who are living in these trees and you know I will start like working on whatever I'm I'm working on um spoiler free though uh and (laughs) and so you know at, at a certain point when you aren't in complete control of your entire schedule you have to you know, steal those moments that you can to be as creative as possible good point my big takeaway the times you are not working are 1 a.m and then Mike get, Mark gets up at five, so those are that that four hour gap mm-hmm. is where sleep occurs. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, sometimes if Liam decides, but you know, he's. <laughs> I mean, he slept pretty good last night, but the last couple of weeks it's been like you know every hour. <laughs> yeah, I remember that babies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my I would say that the way that I have my creative environment set up is fairly similar to my ideal when possible. I mean, obviously the last year. Uh, and a half two years has kind of put a damper in that I loved when every back before the world was changed um, and I could work uh, two hours here and then move to a new coffee shop and two hours there and then go home and work two hours because Mark what you talked about earlier was this idea that when you had different types of tasks different environments suited that better so when I'm doing production type work where I have to actually put my head down and get through some stuff, like let's say I'm putting together like a social media strategy audit report, right? I do need quiet and I do need to be alone to do those kind of activities. And so I, I need to be able to be at home in my own space, um, you know, just with my head down pumping things out I can't do that kind of thing at a coffee shop Mm -hmm. Um, so the energy of the space that you're in I think is important too Um, if we had our ideal situation you know when I was doing something that was more idea generation I would be in a space where there was lots of things to spark ideas a coffee shop where there's lots of people coming in and out and there's background noise and there's smells and whatever um but sometimes always but sometimes i i do need that kind of quiet space and it has been hard for me a lot the last two years trying to trying to cultivate situations that allow for those different types of creativity do i move from just one room do i move chairs right like do you move from your desk to your comfy chair back to your desk as you're changing activities um that has been really necessary for me over the last year and a half. One of the things I've noticed just having worked with creatives for so long is a lot of young 
creative professionals need the perfect environment to feel like they can actually move forward. And I think that's a strong limitation. And one of the things I've noticed actually with you, Lacey, is that you have trained yourself to push through and be creative in different environments. And I think you can train yourself to be productive even in an environment that's not ideal. And I think that's part of maturing as a creative professional. And I think also it has applications to to those who are not in a creative profession, but just want to be more creative. It's, it's picking your times and kind of going with the flow and being flexible and giving yourself some grace that you're, maybe you're not going to get everything done that you wanted to, but you're going to make some, some baby step progress. Those are like bold adult moves, right? Like to, to, to take yourself out of your comfort zone and push forward anyway, because you pick up things as you go, you nickel and dime and those things add up over time and you learn something about yourself. And so that's really interesting. And I, when I've watched you do that, I've watched you sit on the floor in places with your laptop out and work. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, I could never do that. And how limiting is that? Right. I could do that if I if I needed to or if I had to. If, if I you could mm -hmm. sit on the floor, to. you know, if I could bring myself to sit Does on the nasty floor that you sit on. <laughs> but you I don't know. know like, I just like to dig. <laughs> so you being able to work anywhere but needing different environments. It, it reminds me of one of the most formative set of projects I did in college where we it was for one of my narrative classes. And it was having somebody tell you a story. And then recognizing the story they tell you is based off of where you guys are, your relationship to them, how they're feeling that moment. Mm. And like all of those extraneous factors come into whatever random thing they tell you about. And so for you, like what aspect of creativity are you tapping into? That's you asking your body, tell me a story in, in this set of parameters because we've got to get this project done. Yeah, let's talk about those parameters for a minute, too. Part of your environment, I think, is your own mental state, too, right? And so are there different mental states that you are more creative in or that you you consistently find yourself being creative in? I mean, I, as an example, I think I have become very confident in my procrastination skills, um, uh, <laughs> both in the fact well that, they will, that they will always show up and that I can always accomplish what I need to in whatever amount of time is given. Um, the number of times that I have just failed to complete something is, I don't know, does it exist? I just, <laughs> I'm very confident in the fact that I could give myself uh, 45 minutes to do whatever the task is that needs to be done because it has to be done within that 45 minutes and turned in and I'll get it done. And I could stew the whole night before about the fact that I've put it off and I only have this time in the morning to do it, but time and time and time and time again, I've accomplished things that way that I am just becoming more and more confident in my ability to just do things in the quote unquote last minute before it's due. And that's not a problem. So have you, have you all had similar experiences where you know, you're getting yourself to the point where your mindset has to be a certain way in order to finish your creativity, or is that not as, I don't know if I'm asking the question properly, but how's your mental state play into your creativity? I think it depends on, you know, more of the task, right? Like, so when I was having to, you know, during my graduate work, having to sit and figure out what I had to do to get a statistics problem figured out, like there is a certain amount of creativity required to train your mind to do new things, to learn new tasks. 
And I had to like stop saying, well, I'm not going to need to know how to do this thing. This is not something this, I don't need to know how long it takes a truck to get through this kind of setup, you know, and stopping and going, no, this is a creative thing and learning how to solve this problem. This specific problem is going to help me, but learning how to problem solve in general is, Mm -hmm. and just reforming that allowed my brain to go, I got this. But I, I had to get out of my grumpy little curmudgeon self and kind of get into a better, more receptive spot. Mm, more open. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I watched a TED Talk on the concept of slow motion multitasking. I know we've talked about it internally. I don't know if we've talked about it on, on the show before. But um, I have found that basically stopping work when I'm not being productive on a specific task is, is helpful mm-hmm. because my mentality oh, yeah. is to, is to overwork. Um, and so I'm kind of unlearning that, but if you've got, you know, 16 progress bars that you're moving forward on and you're driving on one and you're just hitting the wall, jump to a different track, flow to a different track and move that one forward and then come back to that one. That kind of interchange, I think, has been helpful for me. Um, but also, there's a time when you just kind of need to not do any of it. Maybe not from a procrastination standpoint, but I think a lot of people tend to be so driven that by the result or by the timeline or the deadline or whatever pressure they're putting on themselves that they're not really necessarily living in good balance. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my – I don't take very good care of myself historically. Like, I don't eat. I don't take breaks. Um, so I'm learning to do that. And what I find is I'm actually more effective when I am working. So I actually get more done in less time. So I'm wasting time when I don't do that. So overwork is bad um, across the board. And so that's that's kind of been my story. What about you, Jared? How important is your mental state in, in regards to your creativity as an environmental factor? Well, um, I am a hodgepodge of everybody who has spoken already. Um, in regards to where you're at, Lacey, I am in the space where I'd say fairly often my procrastination um, takes hold of me. The The primary motivator behind my procrastination is that when I know that a project has like a lot of, of stuff to do, that just doing that very first step is the thing that gets procrastinated. Mm. And that the times where I choose to, um, you know, a a week before something is it needs to be done, uh, get started and do a couple of the initial steps that I have so much less like, anxiety yeah. and I'm able to spend that time that I was talking about earlier about well, when you are stealing those moments of creativity, you could spend that time working on those problems that you would be forced to deal with you know, the moment that it, it comes to you when you have completely procrastinated everything. I obviously have tons of experience with procrastination. It's been my primary modus operandi for most mo- modus operandi for most of my life, but you know, I've been trying to uh, overcome it. Um, my, I would say that in regards to my my mentality while being actually creative, I'm constantly prompting myself with questions to try to to move beyond where I am stuck. So if mm-hmm. I'm I'm stuck trying to figure out, you know, what is the the perfect four-word thing for this person to say because I only have four words of space on this card um, that, you know, racking my brain and, and asking different questions about this person and trying to better, you know, understand them can uh, provide with that level of um, insight into what you actually need to do by prompting yourself. And I think that the the kind of 
meditative quiet where you can kind of conversate with yourself and ask Mm -hmm. yourself questions is my most effective creative mindset Mm. is when I can be like bouncing off of myself and ask myself questions. Do you ever stare in the mirror and just look at your own eyes? No, (laughs) (laughs) but I do stare at the ground into my mind palace while I'm trying to Staring is a family thing. I'm picking up on that. Oh, is it just me that stares in the mirror in my own? Okay. All right. We're doing fine. Okay. Well, good conversation. All does anybody have any final points before we close up? Well, I know we've talked about, you know, taking breaks and pauses and different progress bars as you, as you refer to it. Um, and kind of backing that up from a research standpoint, of course, I've got a point. Um, there is a book I read a while ago now by Matthew Walker called why we sleep. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he references is that like athletes or musicians who are trying to get to that next thing and their body just isn't doing it, isn't doing it when they stop and they, they get a, a very good night's sleep and approach it the first thing in the morning, they didn't get it right last night, but over that night, their brain has restructured and re-engineered and developed greater neuroplasticity. And in the morning, they hit that note. Mm. They get that step. Like that thing they were trying to do the night before that they weren't getting, practice didn't make perfect. Their brain, boom, nailed it. That's a good point. Yeah, he actually refers to being awake as low-level brain damage. Mm -hmm. And when you sleep, it's recovery. So when you're trying to solve problems and use your brain and be creative, you kind of want that at the highest level you can get it. And sleep is a very, very important part of that. In fact, more so than I had ever thought to. Wow. I have not heard that before. But saying that, you know, people talk about your brain and all of it being a muscle. And that just really, really intrigues me. That's a very cool idea. That Because, you know, everybody knows that growth in your muscles is damage. That if my biceps are going to get stronger, that I have to damage them by working them harder than they currently are able to go. God, that's so cool. <laughs> it also, it reminds me of the conversation we had quite quite a ways back on the podcast about the creative process and how there is, you can start working on things, but then there is a point where you have to put it on the back burner to let those like roots grow down of an idea and a project before the the tree of the idea can actually grow up and, and produce support leaves. its own weight. You got it. I was envisioning oh, yeah. a tree growing on the back burner of my stove. <laughs> and it was actually pretty cool. Careful, you should I'll clean your stove more often if there's that much debris. That I much, say, that careful, much I'll, come, I'll come poach from Mark's community garden. And community <laughs> stove. That dirty Mac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for, for sitting here with me. This was really nice. I love being able to have these conversations. For those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. If you have any friends, um, then, and you think that this conversation might uh, be interesting to them as well, you can share that. If you want to do us a favor, you can leave us a review on the podcast. If you're not subscribed, subscribe, hit that button. Um, And if you want to talk to us about some of these topics, we're going to be talking about them within the Outpost community on Facebook and within the Outpost thread on our Discord channel. Um, so come find us there. We would we would love to chat a little bit more about this and find out your opinions on Dirty Mac as well. And if you don't have any friends, we'll be, we'll your, be friends. your friends. All right. Thank you all for your time. We hope that you stay inspired. You keep making things and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I'm already on. <laughs> <laughs>
board. Lacey, I will bring you a box of gluten-free noodles I, I got, and a handful of flour. I got one um I got one Instagram story response from my sharing of it that just said marry me. So I think, you know, it was pretty good. Were they a legit suitor? I mean, she's my best friend. Dirty Mac. What do you <laughs> get it, girl. Lock it down. <laughs> I did say I accept, and then she also <laughs> sent a ring gift. So, like, here we are. <laughs> She's actually outside in the car waiting. <laughs>